0: Welcome to the Value Investor TV podcast. This is the podcast that helps you grow your wealth and become financially independent. My name is Becco, and my partner Hari. Hello. Uh, thank you guys for joining on joining us in this episode, part two of Visa. Um, we had a really fruitful discussion in episode one, uh, part one of Visa. So uh, please check that out if you haven't. Um, in this episode, we are going to talk about. Visa's financials, valuation, and we're going to do something a little bit different in this episode, which is we are going to go through this exercise, thought exercise of trying to break its moat. Uh, I think a way that Hari put it, which I think is pretty uh, on point, is let's say you and I had, I don't know, $100 billion at our disposal to create another Visa as a competitor. Um, What would that look like? Um, how difficult would that be? And so we'll, we'll, we'll go through that exercise in this episode to better understand their, their moat. Um, before we jump into the topics of the day, Hari, could you give us a quick disclaimer?
1: Yeah. Uh, this is the uh, Value Investor TV podcast. We are, uh, here to help ed- entertain you, educate you, and, Explain the concepts behind value investing. We are not financial advisors, and we don't know your specific financial situation. So, if you need, um, serve you know, financial advice or financial services, please consult with a financial advisor before uh, before making any investment decisions.
0: Great, thank you, Hari. Um, all right. Oh, one more thing before we jump in. Um, I do want to mention that this uh, visa company um, that we're analyzing today was submitted by one of our listeners. So if you guys have a company that you want us to break down, um please send us uh send a list to us um at info at valueinvestor.org. Um it uh it it just helps us to create content that that will add value for you guys, the listeners. Um so just make sure uh if you have a if you have a company in mind, do send us um we'll we'll definitely take a look. Okay, uh, let's jump into um, the checklist. Uh, the first thing right off the bat, let's ask this question. Does the company have enough cash to maintain its business?
1: Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that's a a pretty easy question to answer, right? Is that uh, Visa here has about $8 billion in cash as of 2018. The um, long-term debt that they have is about $16 billion. Um, and they didn't actually have any debt as of like three three years ago. But the biggest thing that they, you know, they generate about $12 billion in free cash flow. So they could, with one year's free cash flow and one year of cash, uh, it, you know, the cash in the balance sheet, they could pay off their debt. So I'm not too concerned about, um, about that. Um, and they don't require a lot of cash to run the business. So they're a fairly cheap operation to run now that the infrastructure that they've built in the Visa network is in place you know it doesn't require a lot to keep going
0: yeah it's uh it's one of those companies where you know it's you know we talk about kind of life cycle of a company and uh this is this is a company that's generating a ton of cash flow free cash flow Uh, and so in that regard enough cash to maintain its business i think it's a firm yes um okay next question does the company maintain reasonable debt level and we we touched on this uh already or unless you have any other things nope. you want, any other things you, you'd like to mention here?
1: No, I, I I mean, I, I don't see anything there that really makes me, you know, I don't know why they took this debt in the first place. Um, you know, they, they started doing a ca- share buyback uh, a few years ago um, of about $8 billion a year. Um, but for the most part, I you know, I don't see this as being a useful, um, like the debt level is, it's not, Terrible. I wouldn't have taken it out myself, but you know they have they have taken it out. So here we are. Um, it, it, yeah. it, it's not going to blow up their business, though.
0: So. Yeah. Great. Uh, next question: Can the company generate a strong amount of free cash flow from operations? I think yeah. it's a, f- a firm yes on this one as well. Any any other comments here?
1: Yeah. Sorry? Just to give you an idea, in 2016 they had five billion in free cash flow uh, off of uh 6 billion in net income and that grew to 10 billion in 2018 with uh, of net income and that translates to 12 billion in free cash flow. So um so yeah they're they're generating a, a ton of free cash flow as a business.
0: Yeah. And you know as always as as owners of the company we really what we really care about is is free cash flow at the end of the day. Yep. Uh, cash in the bank and um, it seems like this company is, Visa, of course, is, is generating a lot of, a lot of that for, yep. for its owners. Okay. Um, now let's, uh, let's pivot here a little bit and talk about, um, and talk about its competitive advantage in, in more detail. Yep. And so in the beginning of the episode, I posed this question. Let's say you guys and us, all of us, you guys, the listeners and us, we came together and we had a fat wallet of you know let's say 100 mil- 100 billion dollars or whatever amount could we could we um not only start a company but also be a meaningful competitor to visa um could we could we do that and if we could what would that look like and if we cannot why is that the case um so let me ask you this question, Hari, what, what would it, what do you think it, it, it would look like for us?
1: Yeah, I I think there is, there are certainly companies in the Silicon Valley space who are trying to, you know, be in this payment processing, you know, business, right? Um, And, you know, when you look at PayPal, for example, PayPal kind of connects to your, your bank account and transfers money, you know, to the, to the The provider uh, through PayPal, and it it tries to avoid using a credit card if it can, right? So that that is kind of the you know. But and again, PayPal had a big benefit to it that it was existed before nine um, eleven, where a lot of financial things were scrutinized. Um, so you know, if you're trying to trying to compete with Visa, right? What would you have to do? Uh, if, if if we had a hundred billion dollars, one, all of the chips you know that are on the cards, you would have to make deals with financial institutions to provide your type of card, right? So let's call that the Beko, Beko Hari card, right? The, or let's call it the Value Investor card, right? <laughs> there we go. The Value Investor card. <laughs> um, we would have to convince financial institutions to you know uh, issue these types of card and take credit risk and there'd have to be something compelling for them to even do that right that's better than visa better than mastercard right that they would do this because and then they would also have to convince merchants to accept this type of card right so you know the 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 terminal that you get right one of the things that we didn't really talk about is um visa calls these groups the acquirers of um uh their financial institutions that contract with merchants to accept visa so they generate reports and they provide customer service for the merchant itself, right? So they're making the point of sale terminal that, you know, reads the card and connects to the Visa network and that kind of stuff. So you'd have to convince this group also that they need to support our thing, right? And, and you look at it right now, they would have to say, well, why should I issue a card with the, you know, with the value investor card on it? As opposed to Visa or MasterCard, where they already, they're already accepted everywhere. They're already taken. So, you know, Becca, what would you do with that hundred billion dollars, right? How would you approach that with a, uh, you know, with the financial institution, with the merchants and so on? What would you do?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, it's a very interesting question. I think, you know, there are so many things at play here. That even if we were successful in reaching, it's really, you know, the the first thing we ask, you know, you and I are both in the startup world. The first thing we ask when we start a company is what is the pain point that we're trying to solve, right? Right. Like, what are we trying to really solve here? And from my understanding here is that it's pretty seamless. Like, everyone's pretty happy with Visa. You know, um, the, the scale of it really helps us, the people who use the credit card financial institution, they can sell credit cards to people and they can boast the fact that we're partnering with visa and you have all these network, uh, the visa network to tap into from the merchant perspective, they can, you know, they, they can tap into this visa network where, you know, you can capture a large, large percentage of your customer base. And so if you look at these different parties involved in this whole ecosystem of financial transaction, it's pretty frictionless and people are quite happy with with what they have. And, you know, going back to the question of what is the biggest pain point, I think obviously there are small pain points here and there. I think one thing that I know from talking to merchants is that if you accept credit card, you have to pay the fee the damn fee whatever the percentage is like it can it can really add up um so i yeah there there's that pain point there um for us individuals i think this is pretty seamless you'd whip out a credit card and a piece of plastic and you you can use you can use your money spend your money pretty pretty seamlessly i don't see a lot of pain point there financial institutions there might be some again related to more of a cost than anything else um So overall, you know, I think it could be like a micro solution here and there to help out, you know, with, you know, point solutions for the merchants or point solution for the financial institutions, but to replace Visa seems like a pretty dumb idea. I mean, I'm just going to be really plain and and simple about that. Like, it's just, um, what are you really trying to solve here? You know, like it's very, it's pretty seamless.
1: Yeah, I think what you would have to do with that $100 billion is effectively give that money away to financial institutions to eat the cost of um, of them switching over, right, in order to use you, right? Essentially, you would basically have to pay merchants, you would have to pay financial institutions to even want to use your system. Yeah. right? Because they're already built up, they already have you know and visa has other things on top of it like fraud detection and other things uh reporting for, to the government you know on you know fraud you know criminal tra- types of transactions so there's a lot of things that are already built up and built into the system that prevent visa from uh you know that that visa has that has accounted for that you and I who are not even you know we don't know anything about this space would have to compete with right so you would almost have to do what a lot of Silicon Valley companies do, which is you have to give away money in order for people to use your system, right? Mm-hmm. And then what happens when the money, the giveaway money goes away, are people going to stick around, right? Are you going to yeah. be able to provide a better company customer service to you know, provide more value to your customer than Visa would, right? Yeah, for and sure. So that's the only way you can do this. And right. And you, what you see is you see a lot of companies that have built up, uh, e-wallets and stuff like that. Like think about Venmo, right? Venmo is owned by PayPal <clears throat> and it's very easy to transact, transact money between, uh, you know, your friends, you know, you all go out to dinner, somebody swipes their card and then you pay them back, you know, and you can do that easily with Venmo. <clears throat> but as the customer, you don't, Venmo doesn't generate any money off of that transaction, right? Because if I had to send you you Becco money because we went out to dinner, and I, and Venmo took five percent off off of that, well, I'm going to stop using Venmo, right? <laughs> because because you're like, well, I you pay you know the dinner was a hundred bucks <laughs> and I only got ninety five. <laughs> well, screw that! I'm not going to don't yeah. pay me via Venmo, right? So. If you're going <laughs> to offer that service to the financial institution, there has to be a strong incentive. Now, Visa going to Visa makes twenty, you know, twelve billion dollars in free cash flow that they can just say, "Okay, Chase, um, I want to squash the value investor card, you know, out of existence." So I'll just give you five billion dollars of incentives this year. You know, Chase is going to be like, "Oh, well, screw value investor card. I don't want to have to do all the you know, the <laughs> brain damage to you know support them." You guys are going to give me more money, right? As, yeah. as 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 a thing, so I think you see this with Square and Stripe and all these other services, right? They're providing more seamless transaction processing for the merchant, but they're not directly attacking Visa, right? They they see that Visa is the eight hundred pound gorilla, and they're you know the twenty pound you know weakling in this case, and they're not going to be able to fight Visa on that. Right, So they're taking off the niche, you know, things, making it easier for merchants to accept payment, you know, that kind of stuff. But they're not getting into the business of actually competing with Visa, right? Because I think that's going to be, you know, like, like I said, you're going to have to use all of that cash, that $100 billion or however much you have to just compete with them. And I mean, think about how many companies out there today have $100 billion just lying around, right? the only two I can think of off the top of my head are Berkshire Hathaway and Apple, right? And maybe Google has. Yeah, Google. (laughs) Well, SoftBank will throw that into WeWork and (laughs) Google. So so they'll just set it on fire. So, you know, I I, I think it's very hard for somebody to come around and, and really compete with them. That doesn't mean it couldn't happen. And maybe there's more to this than I, you know, you and I understand because we're relatively naive to this space, but I think it would be very difficult to, to, to even try and attack that moat. Um, I agree. And I mean, look, let's look at even Amex, right? Amex is in a very good position because they already provide these services, right? Could Amex lower their fees? You know, Amex is cl- catering to a higher uh, higher net worth clientele, right? So they have much fewer cards, you know, 100 million cards issued versus 3 billion for Visa. Um they don't seem to want to, you know, take out Visa. They want to operate in their mo, you know, in their space which is high net worth individuals or people with um, you know, I I think there are certain areas that v- you know Amex also has uh things like uh student cards and stuff like that. <clears throat> it would be very very difficult for them, you know, to even Amex to compete with Visa in this case so for for an outsider, you would have to basically use up a lot of money to even get yourselves on the the point of sale terminals to get yourself onto these things. I think it would be very 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 difficult to do that
0: yeah that's really uh it's really interesting um the the acquisition cost the customer acquisition costs, and the fact that you basically have to run through all that money to be able to even have a dent. You know, to even make a small little dent in the market. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think it goes back to kind of the question that I posed like, what are you trying to solve? Like, what what is the pain point here? If there is no pain point, you basically have to dish out a whole ton of cash for them to convert over. Right. And it's just, uh, yeah, it would be, it would be, it would be, um, um, you know, it would be very, very tough, uh, tough endeavor. Uh, to start.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think the 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 whole concept behind any business is that you have to provide value to three groups, right? One is to the employees who work there. One is to the um, owners of the business. That means you have to make a profit. And the third, which a lot of com- people don't, you know, think about because I don't know why they don't think about this, but you have to provide value to your customer, right? Because you know, Visa provides a tremendous value to their customer. You don't have to carry cash. You're low risk of losing your 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 money if you carry a card. Um, and they can, you know, they can do fraud prevention and they can do um, chargebacks and things like that. It's very seamless, right? Uh, so Visa is providing this tremendous value added to their customer. For you for you know value investor card to be doing that and have people switch over we have to provide more value to than the existing you know group that's that's out there right think about, think about- a- amazon right walmart existed they sold a lot of stuff amazon sells a lot of stuff too but what they provided was you know next day shipping second day shipping and so on and they brought a large inventory that you could more inventory than you could find even at your local walmart right um, so they, they provided an additional value that brought all the customers over to them, right? So that is fairly rare. I think most businesses can't provide enough value to, to all parties involved for it to be worth their while, right? And that's why what we look for as the value investors is companies that are able to satisfy those three needs, right? Because if you don't, if you don't have good employees and you don't have, Um, money to you know to to provide to your ownership and you don't um provide enough value to your customer nobody will win nobody will you know will use your service
0: yeah and it's interesting in the absence of the value that they that companies provide to customers um that void is basically being filled with free cash yeah just all these promotions that happens
1: right i mean we when we talked about lyft uh you know, several months ago, that was it, right? Essentially, Lyft provides a service that is subsidized. So, yeah, people like, you know, using the service, but only because they're giving you something, right?
0: Yeah. <clears throat> And then, I mean, yeah, that, that is, that is value added. Yeah. (laughs) That is value added for people getting free money. But at the end of the day, you have to satisfy the needs of the shareholders and the employees. And if the business can't do that for a long time, which it can't, uh, you can't just give out free cash forever. Uh, the company won't exist. Yep. Um, I thought this was a really interesting exercise. Sorry.
1: Yeah, the the reason that we brought this up in the first place was this is actually how Charlie Munger, you know, he talks about inverting your thesis, right, and trying to attack your own investment thesis. And your investment thesis is largely built up around the moat, right. And so, um, you know, that that's a kind of an exercise that I think is worth doing for a lot of businesses that we talk about. Um, we haven't done it until this point because, you know, I, I think. Uh, this was a good exercise because, as you could hear from Becco and I, um, we're not the most, you know, sophisticated in terms of financial institutions. Uh, we couldn't come up with a way to beat uh, Visa, even with a hundred billion dollars. I think it would be, you know, Visa's been around for sixty years. It would probably take us that long and that amount of money to even compete with them, you know. Um, and maybe we could make a dent, but we certainly wouldn't beat them at their own game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Great. Um, Should we move on to valuation?
1: Yeah. Um, I think that's that's good.
0: Just just a really quick uh, uh, note for for our listeners. Uh, We we are skipping over the management um, in this episode because we wanted to focus that time on talking about this competitive advantage and The, the attacking of the hypothesis, uh, that we just did, uh, and, and, uh, you know, this, this is of course because we think that the, the moat itself is, um, impenetrable. Um, it's one of those companies where, you know, as I said before, the word impenetrable moat can't be thrown out, thrown, thrown, thrown about lightly. And it's one of those companies where it is actually quite fitting to describe their moat as impenetrable. And so with that, uh, it really and, doesn't matter who's running the company. Yeah, um, I
1: think one, the the best Warren Buffett quote to summarize that is, you want to own a business that even I- an idiot can run because one day an idiot will run it. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying that Visa is run by an idiot, you know, or several idiots. But um, in this case, it doesn't really matter all that much because, I mean, it would be very difficult even for the manager of that company to disrupt the business, right? Um because their the board of directors would fire that guy very fast so um you know management is an optional a good management is an optional thing uh f- you know in this in this you know checklist that we're talking about it is a great thing to have and a great manager can have a really powerful impact on a business but you would ultimately want such a good business that it w- doesn't even matter
0: yeah yeah that's it's it's awesome um If you find a company like this yep that fits this description okay let's move on to valuation um uh i think i'll just ask this question is from your analysis hari um is there a significant margin of safety Uh, is there um can we estimate uh, uh cash flow into the future reasonably estimate cash flow into the future and last question um what is the downside of the unknown here I'll ask all all those questions in a bundle because a lot of it will come out of the the valuation work that you've done so yeah, um, yeah. To, to take go it back, away
1: yeah, going back to our free cash flow uh discussion, you know they had just i'll throw out the numbers to start with um you know they generated twelve billion dollars in free cash flow, and that is that number has been growing at about fifteen percent per year for the last five years um so in twenty eighteen that was twelve billion um, and they have a currently have a market cap of uh uh three hundred and seventy eight billion dollars so they're they're you know a fairly large company to begin with um and they generated uh as i said twelve billion in free cash flow in twenty eighteen and that number was five billion in twenty sixteen so um their free cash flow has actually been growing a little bit faster than their overall revenue growth because of um incentives that they were providing to customers uh to you know as uh, retention or um you know incentives to use you know visa as a platform uh so fifteen percent growth is what I was going to use for the next five years as a you know as a estimate because I feel like it's a fairly like because they have such a powerful moat, I don't see them. Losing out to a competitor going forward because I think they have a fairly strong competitive advantage. Um, so 15% growth because of their scale and their size, it would be hard for them to grow any faster than that. Um, and then in years six through 10, I'm thinking more around, so 15% in five years was actually basically doubling their free cash flow as it is now. And I think that is fairly, you know, fairly conservative in an estimate itself. Um, 10% growth for years six through 10. Uh, and they currently have around 1800 million shares outstanding. The one caveat to all of this is that Visa spends about $8 billion a year on share buybacks. So they're actually uh, earnings per share is actually growing a little bit faster than the, the, the number. And that can continue to grow because of the um, uh, cannibalization of their own shares. So, a couple more things before I. Run in, into the valuation itself, um, you know the the fifteen percent growth, you know is is you know is the more of the conservative estimate of just the free cash flow. But the earnings, you know, as the share count decreases, you know that number can go up. I am also comfortable with Visa because I don't know that although the transaction volume may decrease in a um, in a recession, I don't think people would you know just stop using visa. So if we in- run into a recession in the next 5 years, even a global one, even if it you know reduces the the amount of money that visa makes, it will only be a temporary setback. It won't, you know, they don't have any liabilities, financial liabilities that are hinging upon a certain amount of cash flow. So I feel fairly comfortable with my um being able to estimate that visa will be around in 10 years. Um so so with that being said, you know three hundred and eighty billion dollar market cap, fifteen um, percent growth rate, and I always use a ten percent discount rate um, because that's the alternative to my you know investment um, is using the S and P five hundred. I get a valuation of one hundred and seventy five dollars a share, which is about what Master or I'm sorry Visa is trading at right now, but a margin of safety price, which means. There's enough, um, of a, of a discount to my actual estimate of share price to be safe is around $87 a share. So right now Visa is almost double my margin of safety price. Um, you know, and they're, you know, for some other, you know, valuation metrics to kind of just keep you, um, in the ballpark, um, they're trading at about thirty times free cash flow and thirty-seven times their earnings price-to-earnings. <clears throat> so I, those numbers are very high, even with a great business like Visa. I would like that to be below like fifteen for each free cash flow, f- below fifteen for uh, you know, given the, what I know about their growth rate. I, I and the share buybacks would be a big you know help to that. Um I they're just too expensive, you know, for at the current price.
0: So it is it is pretty pricey at this point. And you know, thirty they're trading about thirty times free cash flow. Um and um your margin of safety price is around eighty seven dollars. Um, you know, it's kind of double where it is now. Um you know it's one of those companies where It's very similar. I see a lot of similarities to like, like Nvidia, for example. I think, you know, quality business, strong, strong cash flow, big runway for growth. Um, and yet, uh, the price is not there for us as value investors. Um, yeah, I see a lot of similarities in, in that regard. Um, it's one of those companies where, you know it's excellent, and it's one of those companies that you have to put it in your watch list in case, yeah. in case it comes down. And you know when it when it does come down, it's one of those companies where where you can really um, pounce on and deploy your money, and you can you can make a lot of money um, subsequently because because it is because of the of the of the things that we talked about, namely the competitive advantage. Uh, and and the scale that it has
1: yeah and at the right price i mean if you bought into it let's say it magically dropped to 80 dollars a share tomorrow i mean this would be a company that you would just buy and never sell right i mean there would yeah. be no reason to ever sell it right this will just continue to compound money over time as a uh you know they'll be able to buy back shares and things like that so i you know i would be very comfortable buying back buying shares into this, but only at the right price, right? And, yeah. you know, you have... To, that's the prop, par, hard part about value investing is maybe you have extra cash available and you, you know, but you can't You can't buy in... You find a great company, you know, that's a great business. You know, you could even set this thing on autopilot, but if you pay too much, that's how you don't make any money off of, you know, yeah. a good investment, right? And so even if it you paid $100 a share, right, you'd still... Do very well, right? It, it, you know, in the long term. But at at this price, it's just it's too expensive. And you know, I, I I think this is a company that you would want to buy at, you know, you know, a recession something like that hits, the price comes down significantly. You know that it'll it'll bounce back well when the market or when the economy recovers. So you would be comfortable buying it and holding it for the long term.
0: Yeah. Right? yeah exactly um definitely to keep keep on your in your watch list and ours um visa it's been really interesting uh you know doing a deep dive into visa yeah. um i think we'll end it there for for this for this episode uh, any any additional comments you you want to make Hari before we close out here
1: no i think uh you know first of all i think it's uh you know it's good that <coughs> we we are very lucky that we have a uh, fan base that you know um sends us emails and you know and listeners who are are very engaged and we really uh really appreciate that you know that is how you know the reason that why Becco and I just keep doing this is that you all ask us great questions you come up with great things for us to keep talking about, so we love that please continue to do so. you can reach us at info at valueinvestor um and you know we will we will try and find ways for this community that we're building to be more, uh, so that we can talk to you guys and you can talk to each other as well, uh, going forward. So, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, we are super excited about the, the possibility of creating this community, uh, with you guys. Um, I think it'll, I think it'll help, um, uh, help all of us, um, get better. Okay. Um, we'll end it there. And uh, this for this episode, Visa. Uh, it, was, it was really interesting deep dive into the company. Um, uh, thank you, Hari, for all the work. Yeah. And thank you, guys, you guys, for sending in the request. Uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Mm-hmm.